Senseless and silk beside my sadder but wiser girl, dripping in the mystery and madness of a dark night. I dare her to love me as if this is the first time she has lived. I have waited a lifetime to lie down on this bed, bare but for the rose quartz that wraps around my fingers, and she lingers, looking down at the innocent ingenue. Listing with longing lips all the things that she shouldn't do but might just have to. There is a galaxy gazing up from my painted polished nails and the chocolate cyclone of my irises. A cacophony of colours and she is seconds from being submerged. Sabotaged with such style. I'm the dreamer and she's the dream but I don't tell her keeping my cards in the shadows, her gaze lost to our intimate interlude, her mind following with a heavy, heaven-sent sigh. I didn't write that this week I actually wrote it um a few weeks ago in December um but I was I was looking around um for something else entirely uh, on my uh, chaotic little website and I came across it and I thought oh she was that was nice that was a nice little moment uh <laughs> So I thought that would be the uh, centerpiece of today's episode. Um, it's interesting because I wrote that on the 28th of December, which is a very uh, challenging day for me. Um, it is... A, a day where I often feel deeply, um, like, low-key a bit depressed, a bit sad, because, um, it is my father's birthday, and, well, things are not great there, as you may have heard, and last year well oh fuck last year is is oh just a few weeks ago okay the year before that then uh, i'm getting confused you know how i am with time but like it's worse now because everything is confusing <laughs> anyway so 2021 right wait is that is that your i mean yes probably yeah 2021 i um i wrote something uh, about you know uh, about the fact that I I am a a, a great disappointment to him <laughs> because I I I am, um, but you know what I I am not exactly 
pleased with him either so it balances out probably um and this year it was very strange because I didn't think about him until about sort of the evening like it just he didn't occur to me at all um you know and normally it would be a day where I was very sad because you know I think that the weird thing is when you when you have a, a bad relationship with one of your parents especially if they're no longer around and available for you to make things up with you you, you know you feel a bit sad and mournful and regretful and shit even even if the bad relationship is not entirely your fault um and and so it's always you know been a day where I feel a bit sad but this time like I didn't even think about it until way later in the day and then I didn't even really feel all that sad because I was kind of like you know wrapped up thinking about something else and then you know he just sort of popped into my head later in the day and I thought oh huh yeah okay and then that was that I, I you know I didn't feel sad I didn't I didn't have a little cry to myself I didn't um it just it just kind of passed me by I was just like well you know <laughs> okay which is 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 that character growth maybe I don't know perhaps I, I have, over the last sort of few years, been very much reevaluating how I feel about the whole situation because I think for a long time I kind of idealised somebody who, who wasn't a great person, certainly wasn't a great parent because I felt that that the problem was me you know maybe he would have been a better father if I hadn't have been the way I was you know if if I if I could have just worked harder and and tried really hard to be what he wanted maybe it would be different which is obviously nonsensical because I did for a very long time and nothing came of it I mean sure you know there were quite there was there was a long period of time in which he was no longer on the planet so obviously there would be no effects but you know it's like trying to prove to somebody who's who's no longer even there that I can be what they need me to be it's it's fucking stupid you know And, and then I sort of started thinking to myself once I gave up on the whole idea of trying to be this kind of impossible perfect child for somebody who didn't really you know deserve that 
you know and, and so I'm kind of reevaluating a lot of things in that moment I'm thinking well okay there's a whole other parent who loves me just the way I am and has never asked anything of me and has never asked me to change who I am or to be different and she you know she she loves me and you know she cares about me and she she's there you know (laughs) um and and she's not she's not going away she knows the horrible truth now and she's still here because I'm her child and she loves me and you know that's parenting that's that's what you're supposed to do like if my horrible secret was that I was like an axe murderer or something I would understand um either of my parents noping out of that and just being like nah uh uh goodbye <laughs> like I you know you know how serial killers some of them like their parents still you know still are sort of there you know um, like it, it varies, you know. Some serial killers, their parents just wash their hands of them, and I, I, I get that. But so, you know, some of them, you know, they still kind of hang around. Like I remember um, reading something about that Ted Bundy's mum was still like to the end was like, no, he's my son and I love him. And I'm like, go, go. He, he's a serial killer and a necrophiliac baby girl I you know or like Jeffrey Dahmer's parents I I think what you know one of them you know he was very remorseful I think the dad was very remorseful and regretful and and had very complicated feelings and uh, you know but still had some love for for the child see obviously I, I don't have any children of my own so maybe you know it's an experience I can't understand but I I would understand if my parents had sort of, you know, decided, you know what, that was a write-off, that's a dud, nuh-uh, if I had been like a serial killer or something. Um, But, I mean, not to be entitled, but I, I do feel that the whole unconditional love thing should apply when it's, you know, your child is not a serial killer, they're they're a homosexual like I didn't kill anybody I didn't mm, I didn't kill nobody I did not kill a single person I I, do you know I feel like I say that a lot maybe it's because I write a lot of horror content and and so I worry that people think that you know I'm running around killing people to give me inspiration for my stories I want to tell you a lot of my stories come from horrific nightmares that I have okay I I I have never hurt anybody but (laughs) you know like is it the worst thing a person can do is the worst thing a person can be no like you know if you look at you know if you look at my mum in her perspective like it's not even bad you know she's just like oh okay cool well you know, fabulous news. I'm happy for you. You know, and and it was it was kind of jarring, I guess. You know, the different reactions that I that I had, and um, you know, it was one of the reasons I was always very anxious for my mom to ever find out because 
you know, he took it so badly. So I was like, well, I can't tell her because, you know, there's already one parent who, who will never look at me the same ever again. I can't, I can't go. I can't go for the second one. Uh-uh, no way. Um, and then, of course, it all turned out it was fine. Um, <laughs> oh, so, so much of my life would not have been wasted um, had I just taken that leap, you know. Um so, you know, over over the last few years, I kind of reevaluated how how I felt, you know, and I think I kind of always looked at him a bit idealistically because because I felt that I had disappointed him and I had let him down and I was not the child that he needed me to be. And therefore it was my fault and I was to blame and he was this perfect wonderful person and I I'm terrible um so you know I kind of looked at him through this kind of idealistic lens because because I needed him to be perfect because I I needed to keep up the pretense I needed him to be perfect so that I could be evil. <laughs> because if I'm not, then I can't stop myself from being who I really am. So it was, it was a convoluted, ridiculous mess. But then I look back and I'm like, this is a guy who... Firstly, like, he was not really a great parent to begin with. He then rejects you for something that isn't really an issue, isn't something you can change anyway, isn't really something that affects him, you know? I, it's not like I was saying that he had to become a homosexual too. It's not like I'm rocking up there and saying, okay, dad, uh, you need to go suck a dick now because th- this is the kind of family we are. We are a family of homosexuals. Go, go to fucking Soho, bitch, and go and suck a dick. Like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I don't, I don't have an interest, I don't want to know what my parents do in that regard, it, you know, it didn't really affect him in any way, he didn't have to join me in becoming, you know, same-sex attracted, he, he just had to, you know, let go of the expectations he had for his child, which is not really that challenging, I don't think, I mean, again, I don't have children, so maybe I don't know, but, I, I don't think it, it 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 is really like it's just acknowledging that your child is is a a human in their own right and they're not going to be the the thing that you imagine in your head you know maybe you know maybe maybe they're not what you expect but they're still your child and I'm just saying, if my mum can manage it and she can still love me, I don't think he has an excuse. Also, like, like I said, he wasn't exactly a great parent to begin with. But again, I fucking idealise that shit in my head because... Because I needed him to be. I needed him to be the good guy so that I could continue believing that there was something wrong with me and I was terrible but I'm not a murderer, I'm not a serial killer, I'm not a necrophiliac, I'm not, I'm not a cannibal, like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer or something, no, I'm just a person, 
I'm just a regular fucking person. I'm a perfectly acceptable child. If I were like someone else and me like was my child, I'd I'd be alright. I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> She's alright. She's alright, I guess. Um I'm a perfectly acceptable child to have. And that's something that has taken a long time for me to come round to. And part of that was accepting that that he should have understood that and he didn't. And when that happened, it kind of happened like midway through last year, I suppose. And I think that was the moment when I stopped feeling so sad about things, you know? It's like, okay, so he stopped loving me over something arbitrary. All right, I'm not going to be down about it. Like, it's okay. It's his loss, really. Like, sorry to that man. Um, And I... And, and I was able to stop feeling empty on that day, on, on, on December 28th. I was no longer empty on that day because, because I could move on with my life. The conflict is over. It's fine now, you know. Is there a sense of regret? Is there perhaps a wish that things could have been different and he could have tried to understand me and tried to you know be a parent and and love his child sure but it doesn't consume me anymore and so December 25th no not 25th (laughs) no I'm always hype on the 25th um no 28th rolls around there we go and And I don't have to be sad and I don't have to, you know, write some mournful, sad, I wish my dad loved me thing because I don't care. Maybe, maybe he didn't. So what? I've got a perfectly good other parent who's who's doing a great job. I I really must stress this. Everybody should stand my mother because she's amazing. But, (laughs) you know... And even if I didn't have that, I I love me. I'll take care of me. I don't I don't need him anymore. And I don't need to paint myself as the problem because I need him to be this kind of brave, benevolent figure in the background to, to guide me through life and, and I don't need his approval because I have my own approval. I mean, is it always there? No, it's a process, I'm working on it. But... But I'll get there. And so that day comes around, December 28th, and I'm not sad. Because it's just another day now. And I'm going to be fine. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Sincerely Jennifer with me, Jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com. Or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud, and pretty much every social media website ever. With the username, Miss J Squared. Thank you to my amazing top tier Patreon supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, 